welcome to our new YouTube channel, the Fields of Football Podcast. We're your hosts, Brandon and Justin Fields. What's up? Um, just to give a quick introduction for those of you that don't know us, uh, we're two brothers that have been playing fantasy football for over 15 years together um, and separately, but really we have a dynasty league together. We've been running for 10 plus years. Um, other than that, we just like to bring some weekly insight on players, really just talk about what's going on, maybe give um, some collaborations here and there to some other accounts but really just focusing on um, bringing some videos to you guys and stirring up the conversation of fantasy football because probably the most enjoyable part of the year or at least that half of the year until christmas time anyways wow. um, but yeah so to get started with this episode we're going to be discussing upcoming rookies out of the draft that could potentially make a move or you know do something here in the season upcoming but really don't see that too often if you're a if you're a dynasty owner, this video might be a little bit more geared towards you because you're gonna be looking to build that team and looking at young talent um, constantly going onto your roster, who to get rid of, cycling out, that kind of thing. So, uh, again, some guys might might make some moves this year for redrafts, but I wouldn't expect anybody to be in the top ten of any of their positions. So, at least yeah. in my opinion. So, a lot of anxiousness going on right now for dynasty right owners. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Um, getting into the quarterbacks, I mean, I, th I think the obvious number one here would be Trevor Lawrence, and I think you could agree with that. Uh, yeah. So in in your opinion, Justin, what do you think would be – what's what, kind of what's your breakdown of Trevor Lawrence? Like what do you, what do you think? Is there anything bad uh, about him? Or uh, uh, I don't think so. I mean, uh, if anything, probably his – inability to slide or or just not take a hit honestly right. right uh he likes to run he likes to you know be a mobile quarterback but he just doesn't like going down and i feel like that will definitely haunt him in the long run if he does not decide to slide but other than that i mean everybody are you worried, knows are you worried about that surgery at all or anything like that no no i i i, I have no worries when it comes to the surgery when it comes to trevor it's just more of like i said he's going to be the number one overall pick he's going to the jacksonville jaguars i think we all know that right and I, it's just you know a matter of again can he stay healthy and do you even when it comes to fantasy right do you think he can be a justin herbert type or do you think he could just be you know a streaming rookie quarterback in his first year i I think he's going to be a streamer, and I only think that because of Justin Herbert at least had some dynamic offensive players around yeah. him. Yeah. With Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, I mean, those are two electrifying offensive players right there to kind of help you. And he didn't even have to start right out of the gate. Remember, there was Tyrod Taylor there yeah. before the whole lung puncture. Mm. So it's, <laughs> it, it, I think Trevor is not going to have that luxury, and I also don't think he has a luxury of having that. I mean, James Robinson, don't get me wrong, he's – a, a really good talent but I don't, yeah, dj chart and marvin jones and, and right it, I mean, again i don't think that they're keenan allen but they're all no team. no you got a new head coach just a lot of new pieces in there and so i don't see that success being as i think as great for trevor as it was for justin but so, in the future so don't get okay. me wrong, Trevor okay. Lawrence absolutely will. About to ask. He will be a top ten quarterback, but for this upcoming season, I don't. Streaming. 
I yeah, I just don't. You'll get those so weekly too. matchups, and it won't be in the beginning of the year, I don't think. Um, so maybe streaming, and he could pop into the top ten in a couple of the weeks, but I just don't think. Kind of like a Joe Burrow, maybe a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Joe Burrow I type. I don't think it would be consistent. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think the first year streamer, and then like you just you know re, you know said. Over the next 10, 15, even 20 years, this guy's probably going to be one of the top quarterbacks to have in fantasy Absolutely. football. Yeah. So, so who do you have at number two um, for quarterback coming out, at least for fantasy? I love, I mean, number two, probably Zach, uh, probably Zach Wilson. Yeah. Cause I, I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say Zach Wilson only because he's going to the Jets. And I just, I think it's a foregone conclusion. He's going, he's going to be a Jet. And I just so you're confident in the Jets. Uh, oh yeah, I, I think it's it's more of who else is there besides Zach for for New York? I mean, Justin Fields. You got Trey Lance. You have Mac Jones. Really you, really, you know, so you know, I I don't think Zach Wilson will be much of a fantasy pickup per se in his first year. Again, I as you could probably tell as I'm trying to talk, I just can't. He's just the guy i'm just on the both sides of the fence when it comes to him I'm, I'm not too sure but i can see the abilities you know become into a dynamic fantasy player for at the quarterback position it's just a matter of again the yeah, Jets. My, my thing I, with him is i, I just with with tough. trey lance and justin fields being there as far as fantasy perspective i I have him as my number four quarterback. Yeah. And I, and I, and I'm not, it has nothing to do with his talent or anything as far as quarterback ranking on how good he is in the position. But from a fantasy perspective, he's going to the Jets and he's, he's a mobile quarterback. He had a lot of rushing touchdowns. I think that had a lot to do with running, running inside the 20 yard line or in that red zone. Yeah. So he could have that Josh Allen type where he has maybe eight to 10 rushing touchdowns just from, running those two yard, you know, quarterback sneaks on the goal line. Um, however, I think Trey Lance and Justin have a way higher ceiling and opportunity for oh, adding that rushing yards and those rushing touchdowns, not nothing like Lamar, but being no. able to at least have a sturdy eight to 12 a season, you know, with maybe five or 400 yards rushing. That's something that you can bank on for fantasy that really helps. So I just, you know, I, like I said, I have him at number four. I think he's a great talent at quarterback. I think the Jets will get him. Um, if I could choose for him to go to a different team, it would be Denver. But I, I think Jets are going to end up grabbing him. So I think so. And, and like I said, I, I was battling between him and, and honestly, I have Trey Lance. I'm really high on Trey Lance. Um, don't get me wrong. Justin Fields, is he's a very talented quarterback. And, and it really oh, just the depends. About the two. Trey right, Justin Fields are just—they're right there for me. Those two, yeah, those two, Trey Lance and Justin Fields. You know, moving on. Um, it really, again, just depends on where they fall. I, you know, I think Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. We already, like we just said, right. we both know where they're going. Um, so we can kind of, you know, anticipate and kind of, I guess, game plan or try to see what they're going to be doing. But Trey Lance, Absolutely. Justin Fields, we don't know yet. Right, and, that's, and it's just a matter of landing spots. If Trey Lance and or Justin Fields land in a place where they can be who they are, 
essentially as a quarterback they're both very i mean trey lance is very mobile justin fields to me is mobile but he can also he could be that pocket quarterback yeah trey lance is there's a huge question mark with that we don't know he has the arm you know he he can show that he could stay in the pocket it's just yeah i think his his first instinct is to run and i think the conversation with that is too is his lack of I wouldn't say talent that he played against, but yeah, just the, yeah, North Dakota, the difference. Right. And we've seen yeah. quarterbacks come out from college. I mean, Josh Allen, yeah, Carson, so, Josh Allen, Carson, Carson. Wentz. So it's just, it, it always has that question mark. And that's why I do have Justin up there just because Justin has shown us on tape that Clemson, and Alabama, two really good defenses with some top talent coming out this year in the draft. Um, he's been able to put up good numbers against them. So that's really the only thing I have of, to go Justin over Trey Lance at this point. But mm-hmm. to your point also, Justin does have the bigger arm. I mean, it's it, he showed it at the pro day, um, and he has the ability to sit in the pocket if needed. Mm-hmm. So you're right. I, I would agree with you on that. I wouldn't if, say, you know, Justin, Justin kind of rounds off. If Justin Fields lands in Atlanta, would you – not saying that because you're an Atlanta fan. Right. Would you – would you consider him over Zach Wilson for uh for dynasty? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, I already had Zach at number four. So even mm-hmm. because I can, could, 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 like you said, we can make that premeditated notion that he is going most likely to New York with that being said, and the teams left that are going to be drafting a quarterback, which in my opinion could be Atlanta, Denver, uh, New England, I mean, those those three teams right there, I kind of would like to have their quarterbacks over the Jets quarterback. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and that's just the nature of the beast. And so personally, I'm leaning towards, like I said, Justin Fields, no matter where the two land, I would go with Justin Fields over Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. But you could see Trey jump over Justin Fields. I mean, if Trey ends up in Atlanta – I, I kind of would lean towards that. So yeah. I, I just really don't know. In my honest opinion, whatever one ends up in Atlanta, if they get drafted to Atlanta, that would be my top pick. Um, but I mean, yeah. What happens if Trey possible. Lance lands and if Trey Lance actually gets drafted to San Francisco instead of Mac Jones? Because I honestly don't think. No, I think Trey Lance will end. I, I personally really do think that Trey Lance will end up with San Fran. I do um, too. I don't, I don't, I just don't want to, like, I don't feel as confident as the Jets with Zach Wilson. But I think that San Fran would be crazy to pass up and go and get. I just don't like Mac Jones. And I just, that pro day turned me off so much. And the interviews with him, and he's just laxidacious. And some people like that. But I I just don't understand, like, the motive behind it all. Like, why why would you say you're getting one player where you're clearly in the best position to just get the player that you want? And I, I think that, and you could see them even get Justin Fields. So I, Either we'll see if it was Trey. Okay, so Trey and San Fran and Justin in Atlanta. Who are you going with? And even if you flip them, who would you be going with? And we'll end it there. For the probably, probably Trey. Honestly, Trey. just be just because I think Trey either will, team, no matter what. So yeah, I think because not to say that Fields. I don't think Fields is the better prospect than Trey. No, I just think. from fantasy. Yeah, just. For fantasy aspects, yeah, Trey, because I think Trey will have the car keys a lot sooner than when Justin Fields would. You know what I mean? If he right. if Justin Fields goes to Atlanta, Matt Ryan's still there. Right. 
So in trade, but if Justin Fields Francisco, ends up in San Fran, are you going Justin? You got it. You got it. You have to. So you're you going with to. the San Fran quarterback, whoever San Pretty Fran much. is with. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. You're not going to draft a quarterback at number three and then stick with. I mean, you could continue to play Jimmy G, but. Right. So yeah. moving into our running backs for fantasy, these rookies coming out, just like the quarterback position, we can can't say where exactly he's going to go but we can say he's probably going to be the number one fancy running back in the conversation would be Najee Harris yeah so again we don't know where exactly he's going to go but me personally no matter where he ends up he's most likely going to be the number one I could see Travis Etienne possibly eating into that just seeing where he goes but I would say 100% going in the direction of Najee Harris what about you Justin yeah me too Najee Harris for him to be 6'2", 230 pounds, and for him to jump over players, run over players, he can make people miss. He's the most elusive running back in this year's draft class. Um, I personally have been watching him since out of high school uh, in the recruiting trail, and it broke my heart when it came down to Alabama, came down to Alabama and Michigan, yeah. and he chose Alabama. A lot of people shouldn't be surprised, but I just watching this guy from high school, man, I, this dude, he has a chance. And like, and to your point, it doesn't matter where he goes. I just, if he were to land, I personally, if he were to land in a like a Pittsburgh Steelers situation, or even dare I say like an Atlanta Falcon situation, or even a Cardinal situation, this dude has a chance to be a top 10 running back. I would say, I would say he's the season, one. Rookie. Sorry. Yeah. I would say he's the one rookie out of this class that we can make an argument that he might actually break that, you know, yeah. top 10 mold of his position as a rookie, because like you said, he's just a generational player. He's a, a monster. I, I think with the right but, OC and the right talent around him, he could really make some damage in his first year, regardless of the team he ends on. So but why do I feel like he's not getting a lot of a lot of buzz? Or am I just missing something on that? I don't think he's getting a lot of buzz because it's a unanimous. So it's just in that conversation where like Trevor Lawrence, because he's not even really in the conversation of quarterbacks right now, it's all about Trey that Lance and Justin yeah, Fields. I think Najee is just so unanimous. And even I mean, we can move into the next guy, Travis Etienne. Even to yep. Travis Etienne, I think he's a unanimous number two. So he's not getting much buzz. The conversations between the North Carolina running backs and that Memphis running back. So I'm just, <clears throat> I'm sold that Travis Etienne is a number two. I could see him jumping Najee Harris, just depending. Um, the only team that I yeah. could see that happening with is if Travis did end up, like you said, in Pittsburgh. Um, I don't know where Najee would go at that point because it would seem to me as if Pittsburgh would be picking over Najee, because I don't mm. see a team picking up a running back, unless you said the Cardinals, but just don't see that either with the James Conner signing. Um, so I, I think Pittsburgh might be one of the first teams with a running back off the board. If they go Travis Etienne over Najee Harris, which, again, I, I guess I wouldn't be – I would be shocked, but I it wouldn't be – I wouldn't have a big shock effect. Um, so – I'm just I'm I'm torn I, I, on that, I, but I don't know if and and to Travis Etienne, I'm starting to really like Javante Williams over him. I and I can Jav- see why. I mean, you can definitely make the case for Javante Williams being the better all around back for 
you know, just that position in general. But for fantasy, I think Travis Etienne is going to end up in a better situation, especially like in a pe- New York. Because if he ends up with the Jets in round two, like a lot of people have him projected, he's going to get a huge workload. And I, yeah. I think that that's somebody you would want to go ahead and just pick as it's, your number two running back. It, it depends. Etienne is more of – he's definitely – he has to go somewhere in a zone scheme when it comes to the running style to me. Right. I mean, he – he can anticipate the holes a lot and that, I mean, you have to do that in a zone scheme. It's just Javante to me, I don't, and kind of like Najee, I feel like it doesn't matter where those two go. And I feel like ETN, it, it does a bit. And yeah, it definitely. Yeah. But with Javante, Javante, he's arguably probably the most well-rounded running back in this class. I'm sorry. I, I mean, I'm sorry, but no, I'm not sorry. I, I'm, I'm starting to become really effect, just in, in awe, and I'm falling in love hard for Javante Williams, and he's, he's arguably, like I said, arguably the best running back in this year's class. He checks all the boxes. He's, his skills in the NFL will be great. He's a, he's a touchdown monster. He's just a very talent. He he forced seventy seven missed tackles last year. Led the FBS. Led all running backs in college football. When you well, turn yeah, on the tape, when you watch North Carolina, you were you paid attention to one player, and that was him. And then arguably the other player, you know, next on my list for running backs is Michael Carter. And I think Michael Carter, he's a very explosive running back with tons of bursts. You know, acceleration, he has that next level speed when it comes to the next, you know, when he gets to the next level in the NFL. A lot of people just don't know if he can be that 300 plus running or 300 plus carry running back, but not a lot of running backs do that anymore. Yeah, I think that dynamic of the NFL is going out the door. We're starting to see like that. And a like lot of people, earlier. We, just, we were just talking about it where the workhorse running back in fantasy is really just disappearing and they're becoming more and more valuable because if you get your hands on one then you're guaranteeing yourself you know someone like you said with those 200 or 270 to 300 range carries where right now a lot of time it's one running back with 150 and the other one maybe with a buck 75 or maybe 150 as well and that's all they're really running so that those are a lot harder to manage especially when it comes to value in a ppr because then you're you know how much valuable is a running back over wide receiver now so it's changing the dynamic a lot of the not only for nfl but for fantasy players like us we've got to make an adjustment on the value of positions so yeah it starts to get a little bit difficult we need our workhorse running backs this 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 cannot continue (laughs) so in your opinion, where's the best fit for these guys? So not Travis Etienne, not Najee Harris, but if you could choose for Michael Carter and for Javante Williams, where, where would be the teams for fantasy that you would, you know, your eyes would be like, uh, that's Michael Carter is <sighs> Michael Carter. I think on top of my head, that's just, that's just a tough, that's a tough one to spell out. Javante Williams. I would love, honestly, and this may sound crazy, I would love Javante to land in New York with the Jets because I want to see Javante have the chance to be that workhorse running back. I, I, I want to see that happen for that yeah. for that young man. And, and obviously, obviously for all these guys, but when it comes to Javante, 
I, I feel like he could be that running back. And if he does get that chance to be that workhorse, or at least show that he can be that workhorse, I think he could yeah. be a star. I really do. And I don't think that's going on, on a crazy limb either. I think a lot of people have started or have already been on that wagon. But the wagon's getting huge, man, for that guy. Right. And I just, again, when you yeah, turn the on the tape on that dude, it's just, it, it's different with him. So I would love to see Javante go to New York in a way. And then Michael Carter, like I said, that that's tough. I mean, what do you think? What, do you like Michael Carter? Like, are you um, high I do, on him? I do like Michael Carter, um, but I I would agree with you. He's the he's the second one out of North Carolina that I would choose. Yeah. So, uh, he's not going to be a bad player for whoever has the opportunity to draft him. I don't see him being a three hundred plus carry or a workhorse like no. we're talking about. But he could be a guy who could come in and average five to six yards of carry and be a weapon outside of the backfield. Not fifty catches a season, but you know, sprinkle maybe 15 to 20, a, a touchdown or two, and maybe get five to six rushing touchdowns. And I like a got Madison yourself, type player. Yeah. So Alexander, Alexander Madison, you got yourself, you know, about seven, eight touchdowns a season, and that wouldn't be awful. So it wouldn't be a top running back, but it would be awful, you know, moving forward. A guy you would have maybe as an, a flex player on your a team. Plug and so, play. Yeah. Again, just something to keep in mind for him is that the game is changing so when we're looking at these guys we really can't rely on workhorse anymore um, yeah. i know that we want to but we really can't so our our judgment of these guys is going to start to slowly change unfortunately moving into the final section of our first ever youtube podcast we're going to talk about the wide receivers coming out now this pool of players has been probably the most talked about with the most buzz around fantasy for dynasty owners uh, most controversial, I think, personally, up and down. So unanimously, though, I would say that Jamar Chase is going to be the number one choice for fantasy owners, regardless of where he ends up. He's just another one of those players. Put in any kind of situation, he's really going to succeed. Yeah. Again, there are selects, you know, teams that could ruin that, um, a.k.a. Baltimore. Anybody that goes to Baltimore as a receiver, they like to ruin their talent. Uh, we'll talk about that probably later on down the road. Hollywood. But, I miss so you. We want to um, we want to just come out there and say basically that Jamar Chase is our number one no matter where he goes. Um, I think he's going to be great. So moving into our number two, uh, we can discuss. I personally have Devonta Smith. Um, it's, it's arguable with Rashad Bateman because of where they might end up. So, Justin, what do you think about the two? Uh, Devontae is number two yeah. over Bateman. Okay. Um, I like Rashad Bateman a lot. We we just got done talking about him a little bit. Um, Devontae Smith. I mean, Devontae Smith is. I mean, he he's making the case to be, you know, the top wide receiver above Jamar, but Jamar is clear cut. So that's how talented Devontae Smith is. He's just as good as Jamar, right. and Jamar is being talked about as being the next got the Megatron. Oh my gosh, yeah, Devontae. I mean, he was. He set records that probably won't be touched for a very long time, if not ever. So he had one of, I mean, he's a Heisman winner, first time in 20 plus years for his position to win that award. It's, it's, it's more of Jamar and Devante and then everybody else to me, but Rashad Bateman, if he can land somewhere like you were, like you were saying before, um, like at Detroit, if he were to land somewhere like that where he can have the opportunity to be, you know, wide receiver one for their team, um, 
Bateman could be a very, very, very intriguing player for fantasy as a rookie besides Devontae and Jamar because Devontae and Jamar, it doesn't matter where they go, they're going to be one of the top receivers to be drafted as rookies, um, if not probably top 24. So do you think they'll be in the top 24 of their position? I I think one of them can. It's hard hard to say both will. Yeah, without without knowing what teams they're on. Right, but... um, Talent-wise, they could, they could break it. I would not be surprised. But okay. Bateman, it just depends where he lands, man. If he can yeah. land somewhere, he can get the opportunity. He could be great. I think that Bateman could definitely have the opportunity to get into the top 24 as well with those other two, just solely dependent on where he goes. But you're right. I, I would agree that Devontae Smith and um, Jamar Chase both have an opportunity to be top 24 in their position yeah. coming right out of their rookie year. Going to yeah. depend a little bit on where they go and how they're used. I can see Devontae Smith being misused in certain offensive packages. I think yeah. that a lot of what Alabama did for him was slowly, you know, they built it around him, not something they've done in the oh, past. Absolutely. They never had a player that could do the things that he's done. So hopefully the OC that drafts him or the GM or whoever, they have that conversation of, hey, we've got to build a package around this player and really make use of his weapons and not just try to mold him into what they have exactly because that old school mentality of molding players into what we have it's it's just not it's It's not working um so they've got to build it around him and i think that's an opportunity that hopefully a gm and oc is going to really take advantage of and it'll help us do you does Devontae's size scare you at all Yes, he officially came in at and and that's why personally i have pounds i have rashad bateman as my number two and and it's solely based off of size and no discredit to Tyreek Hill. I do think Tyreek Hill is a one generational type player. I said that when he came out. So I, I think That's Devontae hard. Smith can replicate that. The Chiefs offense really, really plays to Tyreek Hill's ability and you have Patrick Mahomes. So yeah. will Devontae Smith have that <laughs> kind of luck with a quarterback and an OC and, you know, you've got Andy Reid there. There's a lot that Tyreek Hill should be thankful for. Uh, for his career and what he's been able to do. But for fantasy perspective, I don't, I'm not sure Devontae Smith can get to the Tyreek Hill level just because of what Tyreek Hill, the level he's at with all the weapons around him, that's really hard to give someone else that opportunity. I mean, yeah, but I do think that Devontae Smith is more talented than Tyreek Hill coming out of college. Overall, yes. And it's it's such a hard comparison because Tyreek Hill, like you said, he's he's an all world type player. Speaking to the size, yeah. So, and and to that, be that outlier Bateman, though why he's my number two is just because he's a red zone target i mean and we're talking yeah. about fantasy we're talking about the ability to you know put points up on the board and outside of ppr i mean touchdowns is huge and this guy you could see him being a double digit 1000 yard receipt i mean you know double digit touchdown thousand yard reception or thousand yards receiving yards every single season yeah you know outside of his rookie year so to pass up on that to me is kind of tough. Again, it's going to depend on where he goes. I could see Bateman being a, you know, 70 catches, 1100 yards and eight to 10 touchdowns a year. That's going to put you in the top 24, if not the top 12 of the positional rankings. And he's going to be arguably a wide receiver one slash two on your team. If you have him in your flex, then you're really doing well or a wide receiver three, depending on your league. So really just depends. Oh, I mean, do you, how do you feel about, you know, the next couple of wide receivers on the list, Jalen Waddle and Rondell Moore. So I like Rondell Moore a little bit. I love Rondell Moore. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, he's a little bit above Jalen Waddle. Not to no discredit to Jalen Waddle, but 
I just, when you play alongside the talent that he did, I think it opens up a lot. And I think you saw that at LSU and uh, no discredit to Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase or any of those guys, but there's also a couple of players on that team like Thaddeus Moss that really didn't pan out um, because yeah. they were in a really good system. They just benefited from the players around them. Exactly. Well. And so well. I, I think Waddle may have a little bit of that to him. Um, he may have, to me, he just has that Jalen Rager feel, if I'm being honest with you. Mm-hmm. As far as fancy, again, not talent, not comparing the two talent wise. Okay. Just from a fancy perspective, I think Jalen Waddle has that Jalen Rager feel to me. It just depends where he, so where he I've lands. I've got a too. huge caution because I drafted Jalen Rager, as you know, in Dynasty. So I, I'm just kind of like, I got to see where he lands. Sure, he's still really going to pay attention to where he lands this time. Um, yeah. But Rondell Moore, I think you, you can arguably say that no matter where he ends up in, we we were talking about it before. We've got Cincinnati, Miami, Philly, Arizona. Oh, if you New were England, Oh my gosh! Um, Don't say Giants, Arizona. Oh my Detroit, goodness! Tampa Bay, Carolina. That. Those are all teams that are potentially looking to add another wide receiver. And I like a lot of those offenses, but there's some of them that if Waddle ends up in, I'm not too intrigued, and I will probably not draft him above Rondell Moore. It's but just Rondell it's... Moore. I would pick if he ended up in most of these offensive. So it doesn't matter. It's more. So you're more curious on where Waddle lands versus where Moore lands. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I just, I I really, one of those things, I guess I, I guess I could say too that Waddle to me has a higher ceiling, but he's got, I think so. I think I think a lower floor or he's got, yeah, he's got the lower floor between the two. Yeah. I think he does have a higher ceiling than, than Moore can. I, I, I think Rondell, it's more like I saw, you know, a mock draft before we started recording. I, and I mentioned, you know, uh, this website had Ron Moore going to Tampa Bay. And I just thought, first of all, why? But second yeah, off, yeah. like that could be very scary at the same They're not time. Going that early. No but way. at the same time with Waddle, I just I think Waddle's a very and not to say that you were saying that Waddle isn't isn't a talented player. In fact, you did. It's just more of very where he lands. It's just. I think Waddle is, I think Waddle could be one of those players where once he, you know, if he can land somewhere and get that chance, I feel like it's just one of those, you know, the same story in college football where Waddle was supposed to be the guy. Yeah, personally. If he, last past year before he got hurt and the Devontae stepped up and he, just went if on he a ended whole up like level. in Miami or Cincy. Oh, or Miami. Philly. No, Miami. If he were to team up with Tua in Miami, and that's I think Waddle would be I would I would be on that train. Okay, I would right, I would believe right. that he has a shot to we're talking about right next to Rashad Bateman at that point. Yeah. yeah. But if he goes to a team like New England or the Giants oh. or even oh. Carolina, I'm not Oh yeah, no. no I'm not I'm not loving the blend of players they have in the offense. So yeah. it's so but if Rondell Moore ends up in new england or the giants i'm i'm not i'm higher than waddle not saying you're not as bateman yeah i was worried yeah i i would just so I, it totally depends on where those two land but talent wise i think waddle it's interesting though between those two because they've been back and forth for the past month or so and Rondell Moore was supposed to be a high wide receiver too out of this draft class when at the beginning of the season when you know before everything before everything out. yeah but it, would would you say there's any other receivers that you kind of have your eye on that maybe? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I I'm I love Tylen Wallace, and I think you know that that goes back to last year for me. Yeah. Um, 
He's the dude, if if you watch, okay, good, because because if you watch college football in 2018, then you've heard of this guy. Right. I, I, he was he was an absolute monster that year. You know, he almost had what? what, what hold, let me pull this up. Almost 1,500 yards and 12 touchdowns that year, and then he got hurt with the ACL injury. Right. So that that you know, I understand how that derailed his first round projection because he was projected a first round talent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he would have been, but he was projected. Yeah, his his talent is up there right. for first round projection. So it's just more of he's a beast down the field. His route running isn't the the greatest out of this group. It, it's just not. Is he arguably the best jump ball receiver in the group? I think so. I, I awesome. If not the best jump ball receiver in this yeah, group. I think there's there's a, a few he, tall receivers, and he's not. He's compared he, with Bateman. I think him and Bateman yes. would be at the top for me. Yes, and, and I feel like, the, like, I, like I just said, the injury in 2019 and then the, this whole past year and then everything, I think it just, you know, muddied, you know, his, his draft stock a little bit yeah. and, and his name. But I feel like it just, again, when we – I feel like a broken record – it just depends where he goes. And this is what it's all about. This is what this episode's about. Let's talk about these rookies, their potential, their landing spots. Because this, again, we're all anxious right now. We want to know where these players are going to go and what, right. and what teams are going to be on. And, and I feel like if Tylen Wallace at Oklahoma State can land at the right spot, he has a chance to be a very good player in the NFL. Absolutely. I would agree so. with that. Yeah. And that's kind of the guy that I've been eyeballing and keeping – you know, tabs mm-hmm. on and where he might go and those teams that I've listed again I'm, I'm comfortable with most of most of those teams grabbing him but with his position and where he's expected I guess you can say he's open to a lot more teams and a lot more teams have the opportunity to grab him which is why we're talking about him from a fantasy perspective because when you have a talent that sneaks down like that and more teams you know third fourth fifth round are kind of muddling around you know who's who's mm-hmm. the best player available that's great because then he's got that window of maybe he does end up like within Atlanta or he ends up with LA or in yep. Sandy or yeah, no, sorry. In LA also. In both good LA. situations. So, yes. Very good situations for him. So I'm, I'm intrigued by where he could go now that could backfire and he ends up like in a Baltimore situation or Cleveland, God forbid. So I just, one of those things oh. that it's, I'm really excited to see. And I think everybody should have their, ears kind of perked up on draft um not night one because it's not going to happen uh, i would probably sadly. say day two if not day yeah. three yeah uh, oh gosh if he if he falls past day three yeah if he falls past day three then i think that's what everybody's some... going to be watching for. yeah just, where's he going to land um fancy yeah. fancy wise so um but a, a last point i want to make before we end the episode kyle pitts um pretty much the only tight end fancy relevant for us um he's almost being viewed right now as a possible kelsey ad and with with the disparity in tight end availability and what we saw last year and really just two or three tight ends. And, and I know Kittle got hurt, so that didn't help. But when you oh. have Kittle Waller and Kelsey, it's pretty much it. Those pretty top much three. It. <laughs> now you have the opportunity to add what could be one of those top athletes in his position, because when we talk about rookies being able to affect their position, this is a guy that can come in now, mind you, like we just talked about tight ends are, it's very thin. So your opportunity of being in the top 10 is a lot easier than every other position, but to be able to be a top three, he has that opportunity, which is tough. It's, it's just, where is he going to go? So now going back to what I was going to say with the wide receivers, would you put 
Kyle Pitts, because coming from a dynasty background and drafting, would you put him above any of those receivers we just discussed? Or would you take all of those receivers, not Tylen Wallace, because mm. I think we would both oh, yeah, no. would go above him. Yeah. Um, would, I mean, where does Pitts fall to you amongst those receivers? Because a lot of people are playing the PPR nowadays. So, and I guess I'll question. start and I'll let you think about it for a second. Yeah, yeah. I think personally, um, he he falls right in between Devontae Smith and Rashad Bateman. Rashad I mean, Bateman. I agree. Jamar Chase, I have him above, uh, or sorry, Jamar Chase, I have above Kyle Pitts. Oh, yeah. It's tough for me to put Kyle Pitts above Devontae Smith and Rashad. Can't do it. So I'm, I'm whichever one I choose between those two, I think I have Pitts right under. And, and I say that because I know Pitts is going to go to an opportunity where he's going to feed because mm-hmm. nobody's going to be drafting the man to, to block. We all know that. So yeah. this guy's going to, and whether or not he's going to succeed, he's going to have opportunity and right out of the gate. So it's tough. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to put up 80. Well, I could be wrong. I don't think he's going to put plus receptions. I don't think yeah. he's going to break, you know, 1200 yards. I don't think he's going to have double digit touchdowns. But tight end four is not hard to achieve in not at all. Anymore. So, I mean, it really is tight end three. That's always just like who's who's able to stay healthy and have a decent quarterback throw him the ball in an offense that highlights the tight end nowadays. Yeah, and that's that's probably it's it's somewhat valuable in fantasy now to have those top guys, but that position's also getting a little liquidated. So, with those. With that being said, where do you, I mean, where do you have pits? I, I would, I'm probably in the same spot and, same spot. and, and I would and right in between Devontae and, and Bateman when it comes to pits. And I would, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll throw this out there. If Devontae gets drafted to the giants, it may not sound pretty, but wide receiver one, can we agree on that? You probably have the opportunity in New York. Yeah, he'd have that. Yeah. He'd yeah. Have that. And then, and then, uh, put that and put pits on, and this is just dream scenario. This is just we're throwing it out there. If he were to land, I don't think he would because it's too high Atlanta. And you're at the 104. Or actually, sorry. You're at the 103 in the rookie dynasty draft. I think we'd go 104. 104? Yeah, because we go Najee, ETN, and Jamar, I think. But if, if if oh yeah, you're right. You're right. 104, 104. Sorry. No, if good. you, what would you do? If so, Devontae's in New York, and then Kyle Pitts is in Atlanta. And you and and don't you can't compare it to your dynasty team. Right, right, right. No, I'm trying to think if based off needs, but if I am the eighty percent of fantasy owners out there, dynasty owners right now that don't have a decent tight end on my team, um. I'm going pits. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, and I think it speaks to the liquidation of the position because you have to play a tight end. It's not optional. Now for the leagues that have the option, you're probably listening to this thinking, if I don't have one of those top three guys, you just announced I'm playing a receiver because most likely wide receiver 30 is popping more points than tight end four on a weekly basis. So, and no, I mean, you have to play your league's settings. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. For those of us that have to play with that locked-in, tight-in position, the old-school way of playing fantasy, you have to go pits because yeah. you have to play that. That's a spot every week. And so God, to that's... leave that just kind of up in the air and streaming every week is is tough. 
And it's yeah. a lot tougher to stream a tight end than it is a wide receiver because there's yeah, three receivers to go around the league. There's three wide receiver sets in a 32-man league or 32-team league. That's 96 players. Because I'd rather be in into that point um, for Dynasty. We're speaking on Dynasty. Um, to your point, I'd rather be in your position currently in our Dynasty. You have Kelsey, and that's really it. Right. Meanwhile, I have how many tight ends on my roster? Like four or five. I have like yeah. four so or five. So yeah, it, it, to your point, but speaking, to your point, yeah. Yeah, speaking to the 80%. So if you have a Kelsey and you're sitting, you know, pretty good and you it's need an a advantage. receiver. I think the obvious choice would be Devontae Smith or trade back. Yeah. That's always an option for you because of how deep the receivers are. If, if you're toss up between Devontae Smith and Rashad Bateman, why not go trade back a spot or two? Let the guy who needs Kyle Pitts come up and get him and maybe get yourself an extra second or third extra round pick, pick or a future yeah. first to help you out later. Cause you just didn't need him, but you know, the opportunities there. Yeah. They've got to fill the position. So That's keep that tough, in mind man. when you're thinking about it. But thanks for tuning in, everybody. Again, uh, we're the Fields of Football podcast. You can find us just about anywhere. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're now on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Uh, so um, Instagram, make sure to add us. We're always doing a giveaway. We've got 850 followers, and we're doing another one out of 1,000. So uh, I think this time we're going to be giving away some possible merchandise. Uh, last time we did an autographed uh, mini helmet. Um, from entree roll from uh, the new york giants so that was really mm -hmm. cool um and then so maybe next time we can do you know maybe a an autographed jersey or maybe an autographed picture a blown up picture this time um whatever you guys i mean really we can leave it up to you we can mm -hmm. talk about it so um but again thanks for tuning in we appreciate it as always and we look forward to uh hearing from you guys and you guys watching next time take care see you Thank you.